Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Friday, February the 10th. This week we're focusing on cancer in pregnancy. We publish a three-part series in the issue and on thelancet.com concerning this poorly researched health issue. Details of the series, as I say, are online. But for the author interview this week, we're actually going to hear from Frederic Amant. He is the author on paper two of the Lancet series concerning breast cancer in pregnancy. But he is also one of the authors of a research article being published simultaneously by the Lancet Oncology online, Friday, February the 10th, looking at the health outcomes of children born to mothers who were treated for cancer during pregnancy. Earlier, I spoke to him from the University of Louvain in Belgium. Dr. Amant, many thanks indeed for talking to the Lancet Oncology. Just for context, can you give us a bit about the background to the study? How much research has actually been done up until now in this area? The study was initiated in 2005. At that stage, we were confronted with a single patient actually with cervical cancer during pregnancy. And she really asked us, back to us, to do everything in order to maintain the pregnancy because she knew that this was her last chance to maintain the pregnancy. Based on that, we looked into the literature and actually we saw so many gaps, many publications, but most of these publications ended with more research is needed. But that was for a decennium that all publications ended with this sentence. So at the end, we did treat this woman with chemotherapy and now she's happy, also her son. We aimed to try to at least partially fill out these gaps and that's why we focused on pharmacokinetics during pregnancy, secondly transplacental passage of chemotherapy and what is published now, the, the long-term follow-up of children. Regarding the first, the pharmacokinetics, we indeed saw that physiological changes due to pregnancy alter the pharmacokinetics of chemotherapy. So there is kind of a dilution. So this is one of the recent findings. Also, in secondly, in the transplacental passage, we actually find in vitro and in vivo that the placenta filters chemotherapy. So not all the chemotherapy that the mother is receiving is actually passing the placenta and reaching the fetus. And then thirdly, the uh, results of the interim analysis of a long-term follow-up study in the children is now published. Or this highlights a bit the most recent new findings in this field. What then would you summarize are the main clinical dilemmas or difficulties with managing a pregnant patient who has cancer? I think that actually the dilemma is actually to make a choice. I think historically, clinicians needed or made choices between mother and fetus and this frequently ended in termination of pregnancy or when they chose for the baby they did not treat the mother or they delayed maternal treatment. At this stage I feel and definitely with these new data we present now I think we less and less have to make a choice between the two. Our data mainly show that we can treat the mother preserving actually health of the fetus. So I think the dilemma is is more historically. I think now we can treat uh, both under certain conditions. And making a dilemma a choice at this stage is only needed in rare cases. For example, if the mother really wishes that the or the pregnancy is unwanted or she, she does not want to continue the pregnancy or when the prognosis is very poor, at that stage that might be a situation where we have to choose for the mother and uh, choose uh, for termination of pregnancy. But nowadays, and with these findings, I think we give uh, data that we do not have to choose and that we can treat the mother preserving the baby's health. How did you go about 
selecting the metrics that you use to measure the possible effect of exposure to chemotherapy in the womb following up their development uh, later on in life? In our study, we mainly looked at two metrics. First of all, the cardiac function, and secondly, the cognitive function. Firstly, the cardiac function is important because anthracyclines are frequently used in cancers that occur in pregnant women referring to breast cancer and hematological cancers. We estimate that from all women who receive chemotherapy during pregnancy, approximately 70% of them will receive anthracyclines. And we know that anthracyclines are notorious for their cardiotoxic effects. So it's quite logical to also test the cardiotoxicity of, uh, with the fetus and uh, the offspring. And secondly, the cognitive functions, we mainly tested the attention, memory, executive functions. And these are actually functions coordinated in the front of the brain. We know from other studies that these are vulnerable to preterm birth or exposure to toxic products, including uh, tobacco, alcohol, cocaine, but also stress. So given these um, similarity, we chose a test of battery um, aiming to test these uh, cognitive functions and this test battery was adapted according to age. So that contains a variety of very simple but also very complex tests. And in terms of the results, tell us about your findings. Did you find any difference in the children that you followed up who'd been exposed to chemotherapy in utero uh, with the general population? We looked at the end in um, or in total we looked into 68 pregnancies and uh, 236 cycles of chemotherapy were administered in these 68 pregnancies. Actually the neurocognitive outcomes were within normal range. However, the cognitive development scores were lower for children who were born before term when compared to those born full term. And in fact, we noted that um, there was an increase uh, of 11 IQ points for each additional month of gestation, and this is really an important factor. Our measurements of the children's behavior, the general health, the hearing and growth, corresponded in fact with those of the general population. And when we look into the cardiac data, the cardiac dimensions and functions were within the normal range. We have to say that the, we identified a severe neurodevelopmental delay in uh, two members of a twin pregnancy, but we feel that a genetic reason is the cause and not the chemotherapy. We feel that the fetal exposure to chemotherapy um, is in our study not associated with increased toxicity at the level of the central nerve, uh, nerve system um, or the cardiac and auditory functions. Also, general health and growth were not impaired. But of course, we need a longer follow-up. We need to, uh, to look into secondary malignancies, fertilities, and we need to confirm these results on, on the long term in older children. The main conclusion is that prematurity was common, and that this, uh, this was associ associated with an impaired cognitive development. So one of the messages is that um, iatrogenic preterm delivery should be avoided when possible, because probably a fetus has more problems or more consequences of prematurity than chemotherapy. So are there any aspects of uh, treatment and their consequences, do you think, where the questions still remain, where we need further research? I think at least four different focus areas can be identified. As I said in the previous question, I think we need to confirm our data with more children, with longer follow-up, where we look into the cognitive and cardiac outcome. But we also have to look to, to 
secondary cancers to fertility. Larger numbers should also make it possible to see if any particular drug actually has a consequence because now we were, the group was too small to make sub-analyses uh, for one particular drug or regimen. Secondly, there is a need in the clinic to look to the long-term outcome of radiotherapy during pregnancy when parts of the upper body are irradiated during pregnancy. What is there the long-term outcome on children? At this stage, the evidence is still based on the atomic bomb survivors. So from the clinic, there are little data. Thirdly, I think it's important to, that we look into the maternal prognosis um, to see whether the maternal prognosis is hampered when um, cancer is treated during pregnancy. And last but not least, there is a need to look into the emotional and psychological needs for mother and parents when their pregnancy is complicated by cancer. From the data in this paper, what management approaches do you think are reasonable? This is a difficult to treat area potentially, isn't it? With regarding to the treatment itself, our study suggests that the fear for chemotherapy is not a reason to terminate pregnancy. That is the first message. A second message is that the fear for the toxic effects of chemotherapy is no reason to delay maternal treatment. And thirdly, that the fear for chemotherapy is no reason to induce prematurity. In many centers, this may be a, a change in clinical practice. And when we discuss treatment and staging during pregnancy, we feel that there should be two periods of two multidisciplinary discussions within the, uh, the staging and treatment. And the first multidisciplinary discussion should be on the staging so where we look into um, that where we can make a choice among all the different radiological examinations to choose the most relevant one and to use this one. Because otherwise, you will end up with different radiological examinations, and at the end, this may be toxic for the fetus. So first of all, try to select one or a few examinations that are the most relevant, and that will prevent the use of the application of unnecessary radiological exposure. And secondly, there should be a second multi multidisciplinary discussion regarding to the treatment, where um, the patient's gestational age, the tumor stage, the st uh, staging results, and the wish of the patient to continue the pregnancy, this should be brought together, and then a final decision together with oncologists, obstetricians, neonatologists, um, and if needed, physicists should be taken. Well, it's a fascinating study, a very interesting area of oncology. Dr. Frederic Amant from the University of Louvain in Belgium, many thanks indeed. Thank you, Richard. Many thanks to Frederic Amant. Do look out for that Lancet Oncology article and the three-part series in The Lancet. Thanks for listening. See you next time.